And welcome to the special coverage of the African Cup of Nations currently ongoing in Cameroon. Is the FIFA World Cup shows coverage of Africa's most prized tournament, which is the convocation of Africa's finest footballers. Wherever you are listening to this episode or tuning in to this episode from whether you are in the USA, on the African continent, America is Asia, Europe and Oceania. Welcome to the most exciting, informative and educative sports show on the calling platform. With yours truly, Philip Alimo. And I have love for sports. On the program tonight was joy for team Burkina Faso and heartbreak for Gabon the stallions of Burkina Faso won the first knockout game of the African Cup of Nations their penalty shootout and they'll play Tunisia who have just stunned tournament favorites Nigeria with me in the studio is African football expert Mr. Justin Akowa who will be joining us with all the details and full discussions wherever you are joining us from it's absolutely pleasure having you on the program tonight and just before we go to our studio guest I want to give you a bit of background in that two first round of 16 ties that took place. 
I'll first start with the Super Eagles of Nigeria. This was the 20th meeting between the two sides at international level. And they've been evenly matched across previous games played. Team Nigeria have won six games. Tunisia, six. But tonight, Tunisia makes the seven wins in their 20th meeting and eight draws. The most recent meeting between the Super Eagles of Nigeria and the Cartage Eagles of Tunisia was in an international friendly in October 2020, which ended in a 1-1 draw with goals from Kelechi Iniacho and Mohamed Draga. Their last AFCON meeting, Igalo's early goal was enough to give Nigeria a 1-0 victory to secure bronze in their third-place playoff at the 2019 African Cup of Nations. And what was the form guide looking like before this game? Nigeria have recorded four wins and one draw. And we're going on an unbeaten streak. Tunisia have lost three and won two prior to this game. Just before I give you the next analysis and team facts of Burkina Faso and Gabon, I want to take the initial reactions of Mr. Justin Akowa and what he makes of that form guide and the outcome of the game between the two sides. Mr. Justin, welcome to the show. Thank you, Philip. Good evening for having me. Definitely. What do you make of that game? Well, I don't I I I didn't think the form guide was um going to affect this heavy clash as well as for me I was wrong also thinking about um I was wrong thinking about the issue of COVID also hampering the Tunisians because it looked like just it, it looked like the COVID just affected a few key players. That's Ali Malul, especially um, at um, at um, fullback. So then it looked like they had Msaknisto there, they had Shikiri there, they had Mwabi Kazri on the bench. They had Naim City also playing. So then it looked like the COVID didn't really strike their um most of most of their key players, but then it did strike probably the players on the bench and all. So then that was so then that was that was something that was very, very good. And I and I really believe that the person who performed better was was the one who was rewarded with the win today. That's Tunisia. They took more initiative as compared to the Nigerians and this was what has led to their famous, famous win against a team who came into the knockout stages looking impressive. And and if you remember, I told you about Nigeria supporting cast, but then that is a matter to go in later on in the show. That is a matter to indeed go in later on in the show. Mr. Kowa, I want to take a 90 seconds reaction of the 90 minutes game and I come back to the studio to get your reactions. Let's take that moment when Nigeria were looking for that crucial equalizer. And here they come. This might be a little too long. A little chip inside at the back post of the safety. Now, was that blocked? There might be a chance. A little slip there by Aino and 
Tunisia on the march, on the edge of the area. Shot! Oh, goal! Along the ground, catches the goalkeeper, Koyev, and Tunisia have the lead. Yusuf Sekne is back, and he is back in style. And here, 25 minutes from uh, taking the scalp of the Super Eagles. It's a funny old game, isn't it? He has a chance in the back post for Simon! Blocked. Still trying to get the opportunity, Gary. It's a blast into that. First at uh, full international level, he's only just coming to the uh, Super Eagles lineup. In the meantime, Tunisia looking for number two. That's a great save. Good game. Naim Sleety with that left foot. Sekni. Good overlap. This is very confident stuff from the Tunisians of Sekni. Block. And now I think it came off him and goes away for a goal kick. This might be the opportunity, is it? No, it's a cross-defensive goal. Mr. Koa, what are your, init- your, your reactions to that goalkeeping error from Meduka Okoye? For me, I, I, think, I think it is, it is usually expected. And um, even, even, even before this game, even before this game, I think... Throughout the qualifiers, there have been some critics about Maduka Okoye in terms of his his goalkeeping. Sometimes he looks good, sometimes he looks very very error prone. So then it looked like it looked like um, for me. So usually the thing is, if if a keeper is, is hardly worked in the game, the um, for for you to measure how good a goalkeeper is, it will be um, the the rare shots that how well he does on his first shots on targets. So then it looked like for me, even though he was a bit was a bit free in the first half, in the second half, the first shot for him and he should have he should have done a little bit better on that save. And it looked like his reactions were slow and poor. And for me, I I would I would I would also say that it is it, it is not it is not um it is not fully his fault but then if you if you look at the goal very well from Yusef Msakni, the ball took a very difficult bounce right in front of the goalkeeper. And and for you to use one one hand outstretched um to make that kind of save is very difficult. So then it looked like yeah it it, it looked like he could have done better with two hands. But then the ball was very tricky to use just one hand on the save and that was what um, was very very proved costly. That was what proved costly for the Super Eagles. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, talking of proving costly for the Super Eagles, Nigeria, Tunisia, your last four Afcon tournament meetings, Nigeria beat Tunisia four two at the group stage in two thousand when Nigeria and Ghana co-hosted the African Cup of Nations, and in two thousand and four. At the semi-final stage in Tunis, when Tunisia hosted the African Cup of Nations, Tunisia drew 1-1 with Nigeria in regulation time and went on to win on penalties and to win their very first AFCON that year. The next time they met again was in 2006 in Egypt at the quarter-final stage with this same coach, Augustin de Guavon, in charge of the Super Eagles. And that game ended 1-1 in regulation time, and Tunisia won on penalties. 
the last time they met was in 2019 in the third place playoff game and Nigeria beat the Cottage Eagles 1-0. Just before we come back to our studio guest for a detailed analysis from him, we will take excerpts of our preview to the Nigeria-Tunisia game and highlights and we'll come back for a detailed studio discussion. Simon again 
tormenting Egypt down the left. Hegazi's header. And then when the ball reached Ian Acho, he set himself so well. And it flew past El Shinawi. A deft header, Ian Acho's way from Aribo. One touch to control, one touch to find the top corner. Super finish. Nigeria lead 1 0. He was recruiting the Matilda. We must say inside down the left hand side to Narvo's assignment. Started the second half here. Nigeria looking for more. Simon, straight on goal, Simon! Nigeria three. It's taken 35 seconds of the second half for the Super Eagles to find the back of the net again. In command here. And could well go on uh, and get a decent scoreline in this uh, competition. We had uh, a 4-0 victory for the Democratic Republic of Congo against Zimbabwe in the group phase of the last tournament in Egypt. That was the highest score at the Cup of Nations last time out. Three-goal lead here for Nigeria. Puts them well on track to uh, better that. Simon celebrates. Here's a win the ball on the halfway line and there's room to attack into here. Nice over lapping run. Alor puts the ball in and there's 3-0. And a second goal of the game for Waki Kazri, the Tunisian captain. So for my lovely audience wondering, these are excepts of Nigeria and Tunisia's journey. To the last 16. The game that qualified Tunisia to the last 16 game was their game against Mauritania where they beat Mauritania convincingly by four goals to nil. Remember Tunisia lost to Mali and to Gambia and they only qualified to the last round of 16 as one of the third best place teams. And Nigeria, some people have already described them as a group stage champions, winning all three group games. And so those were excerpts of that game will give you the moments, the key moments from the Nigeria-Tunisia game as Tunisia stung tournament favorites 1-0 to send the Super Eagles back in out of the tournament in Garua. meeting between these two countries in Cup of Nations uh, action. Their last one was the last tournament in Egypt, the third place playoff game, which was won by uh, a goal to nil. Odian Gala scored in that game. He's not here today, uh, although... And here they come. This might be a little too long. Little chip inside at the back post of Sekhti. Now, was that blocked? There might be a chance. Little slip there by Einor and... Tunisia on the march, on the edge of the area, shot, oh, goal! Along the ground, catches the goalkeeper, Koyev, and Tunisia have the lead, Yusuf Msekne is back, and he is back in style. Hold on to defence, he's got plenty of time, have a look here, sets his sides, pass one, pass another, and then a little curl on that shot. Well outside the area, catches the keeper, All of a sudden, we've got some drama in Goa. Tunisia with the lead against the mighty Super Eagles. 
three successive wins in the group phase. All count for nothing now. Indeedy. Arrivo. These two need to drive it forward from uh, midfield. That's going to be a free kick in favour of Tunisia and a yellow card. No. Reds coming out. Nigeria down to 10. Iwobi will play no further part. The Super Eagles are a man light. A goal down and they've got 25 minutes to rescue their combinations. And here, 25 minutes from uh, taking the scalp of the Super Eagles. Such a funny old game, isn't it? He has a chance in the back post for Simon! Blocked. Still trying to get the opportunity going. It's a blast into that. First at uh, full international level. He's only just come into the uh, Super Eagles lineup. In the meantime, Tunisia looking for number two. That's a great save. Good game. Nine Sleety with that left foot. Sekni. Good overlap. This is very confident stuff from the Tunisians. And Sekni. Blocked. And now I think it came off him and goes away for a goal kick. This might be the opportunity. Is it? No! It's across the face of goal! Just a couple of seconds away. Surely this must be the last throw of the dice for the Super Eagles. They've got to get it forward. Referee puts his whistle to the mouth. Tunisia have won. An incredible turnaround here for the Carthage Eagles. That was an incredible turnaround for the Carthage Eagles. And remember, the Carthage Eagles were finalists at the just ended FIFA Arab Cup that took place a few weeks ago before the African Cup of Nations. And en route to that final, they beat Egypt at the semi final and lost to Algeria in extra time. Mr. Kowa, do you think people wrote off the Cottage Eagles of Tunisia going into this round of 65 with the Super Eagles? Yes, I think I think people did with their performances against um, Mali and Gambia. And people also saw that Nigeria were going to batter them after their impressive three wins in the group stages. And and this is what happens at the AFCON. As, as I said some previous episodes ago, uh, Nigeria, uh, sorry, Egypt in 2019 started the tournament very well, winning all their games and meeting South Africa in the round of 16, where South Africa knocked them out by a goal to nil when Lodge scored the winner. And also um, the, Mor- the Moroccans against the Beninois, because the Beninois to qualify as a, one of the third, best third place teams, and they also knocked, they also knocked out Morocco on on um, penalty. So then this is how this is how unpredictable the AFCON is in terms of the round of sixteen. Everyone just plays significantly well. And even and and even you, you can tell that their favorites are not their favorites anymore. So then that was an impressive, impressive performance by the Tunisians and 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 as and I think even looking at their coaches, their coaches and thoughts about the game. He was talking about how Nigeria's wingers are very integral to their build-up and their and their style of play. So then you can 
students as i said earlier they they really did their homework and they and they worked they worked very hard to the to the to the letter and that was what got them the win tonight definitely do you think that record to Iwobi changed the dynamics of the game or it made no difference mm-hmm. to the outcome of the game for the Cartage Eagles? For me, I thought I thought that the change even in the first instance was a way forward for the Nigerians because as you know, Iwobi in the Iwobi in, in the Nigerian setup has um it is he's he's known to be their main creator. He's 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 known to be someone who can pass into the final third very well for the Super Eagle. So then it was it was a it was a sub that was very, very needed. But then when the red card came to me, probably for for this kind of tackle, it didn't it didn't look like something that maybe the referee could have sent him off for. But I think that um looking at the replay with how it will be glanced at Msakini um, a bit even before the tackle showed that probably his intent um, making this tackle wasn't as um, was was probably a little bit malicious. So then, I think all those things went into um, went into consideration when the referee made his final verdict after after looking at the VAR monitor. Definitely after looking at the VAR monitor, but in the dying embers of the game. Spanish-based Almeria striker Omar Siddiq missed a glorious opportunity just a few centimeters between the equalizer and Nigeria. What do you make of that? So then this is where I'll, I'll remind you of, of my um, initial thoughts when Nigeria were winning very well. Um, I said that probably even though Omar Siddiq isn't a bad striker, Nigeria probably deserve more firepower in terms of the options they have on the bench, um, and you can and you can see that in a, in a normal Nigerian setup, their starting forwards are Victor Osime and Kelechi Ihenacho, but this time it was Awoni and Kelechi Ihenacho. So then you can you, you can you can see you can see that the underlying factor was probably um, Victor Osime. So if they probably had, um, uh, if they had someone like Emmanuel Dennis on the bench, he could have made better, could have made a better impact. But then I wouldn't lie; I would actually give it to Umar Sadiki. He, he did well coming on. He, he he brought a different he brought a different style um, in terms of in terms of um, the kind of directions the Nigerians needed, and it looked like. The Tunisians couldn't handle Olayinka alone, and even Umar Sadiq became Umar Sadiq became very much, very much tough to handle. So then, I believe that he, he could have done better. But then, yeah, tough luck, tough luck to the Super Eagles. It looked like nothing, nothing was 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 just going to happen. And it is it is like that in football, um, when you normally have a very bad day at the office, and you have no option but to just be disappointed, but then you raise up your head and just keep working hard. Some some connoisseurs of the game of the opinion that Nigeria, when it mattered most, and when they faced the real test in the tournament, that is, for the first time in the tournament, they were a goal down. 
which was the real test, to prove their mettle that they could come from behind to turn the game around. They chickened out. Do you agree with that? Oh yes, of course. Um, and I think, and I think, and I think it is it is probably it is probably one of one of the things that made me made them complacent. And and I think even some of the Nigerian journalists were talking about it too. As Nigeria didn't face enough adversity, even in the group stages. So then, considering everything, you should um, the 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 Nigerians were just known to go into this tie very complacent as as a team, even though they are expected they were expected to just batter the Tunisians based on the group stage form. So then you can tell that they 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 had this experience a team that had pushed them to. The limit and had had marked all their strengths out, and yeah, and it looked like there wasn't any feasible plan B that they could run to. So then, I I would I would have to agree with them on that that the Nigerians didn't live up to live up to the moment as as people expected them to do. Definitely, and one game that lived to the moment was that Burkina Faso versus Gabon. And let me give our audience the facts. At international level, both sides have met 20 times before today's encounter. Gabon have had a better of Burkina Faso, winning eight, and Burkina Faso until today, winning five and drawing seven. Burkina Faso and Gabon have met twice in previous AFCON tournaments with both of these meetings coming in the group stage in the 2015 and 2017 editions. Gabon recorded a 2-0 win in the 2015 edition, while the 2017 edition ended in a 1-1 draw, as the Stallions finished third at the 2017 African Cup of Nations. Gabon have scored two goals in the knockout stage of the AFCON, while Burkina Faso, the runners-up of the 2013 edition, have scored six goals. Burkina Faso have never scored more than twice in a game against the Panthers of Gabon. And today, they drew 1-1 in regulation time and went on to penalties. We will take the preview of the Burkina Faso game and I will then proceed with excerpts of the key moments from that dramatic game. The team in the group phase to parley for their places in the knockout stage, negotiations for a place in the round of 16, and potentially beyond through trading of goals. Those were the dealings over the past two weeks, but now it is time for the real business end. There are no second chances. There is no time to make up points. No time to rebound from defeat. The only time will be 90 minutes or 120 minutes. And if still not decided, penalty shootouts. 16 will be down to 8 come Wednesday night. Burkina Faso and Gabon hope they will be one of those slugging things out in the quarterfinals. And we'll know who two of those teams will be by the end of the night. Burkina Faso may have ended with less points in the group stage than their upcoming opponents. But the Stallions gallop into the clash as favourites. Burkina Faso are some 29 places above.
above Gabon in the latest FIFA rankings, eight places better off on the continent. These are rankings Gabon may feel bear no meaning in this encounter though, as the Panthers held their own against two of Africa's top 10 teams, Morocco in second and Ghana who are eighth, grabbing a point from each to end second in their group. And this without the services of Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, who contracted COVID-19 upon his arrival at the tournament and has since departed back to his club, Arsenal, to complete his recovery. It is this kind of overcoming of adversity Gabon will hope can carry them forward to just a third quarterfinals appearance. It may not come as a surprise should the Panthers claw their way to a place in the last eight, as they've been victorious four times in the last nine clashes with Burkina Faso. The Stallions have won just twice. One of those two occasions came the last time the teams met, albeit a friendly international shortly before AFCON 2021 got underway, but a 3-0 win nevertheless that will be fresh in the minds. This is momentum Burkina Faso will certainly want to build on, something the Stallions tend to do once they pass the group stage. Each time they've reached the knockouts, Burkina Faso have trotted into the semi-finals with the best finish of second place back in 2013. They were more deadly in front of goal back then and during their run to taking bronze in 2017. However, the Burkina Bay have scored just three in their three matches at AFCON 2021. It is fair to say that one goal may be enough to book a place in the next round, but Gabon have scored at least one in each of their fixtures, even the last time out in a draw against an M4 Morocco to seal their place in the knockouts, taking confidence from that against the team over which they hold a head-to-head -head advantage may see Gabon through, but it will be no easy task with a tense encounter expected in Dimbe. This is the starter lineup. 4 2 3 1, a setup by Kamu Malo, the coach for Burkina Faso. We see this is a bit of an unorthodox uh, defensive year. Three at the back, Obisa's coming in um, for Osumo. Here we go then, time for kickoff. A long range effort going towards goal. Matches where we just don't know where it's going to go. Nicely done, that will be. Well, there's uh, no free kick, and he's still going off on the right-hand side. The acceleration, absolutely top class, but I'm afraid. And uh, here he is, Traore, up against Amanome. Traore, Traore, oh, my word! Denied by the woodwork, this is incredible. That was a great scoring opportunity, struck it really well, it's taken over the line. Centre-backs busy, but that pass is not good enough. And here, Burkina Faso go on the attack. you got Traore darting through the middle. Traore! Traore! Can he get in the back of the net? He comes in off the post. And Burkina Faso have taken the lead. Once again, he comes to the fore. The big man up front. The villain. The Aston Villa man. He's doing it again. Bertrand Traore goes to the fans. And the Burkina Bay fans are jumping for joy. Very low. Here they go again. That wasn't a fine pass, was it? Quelle Manga, Quelle Manga over there. It's a great opportunity. Can he find the back of the net? Oh, it's a great goal. Look at that for control. It's been rifled in by Pupenza, the Al Arabi man. 
Now, what's going to happen here? He's already got a yellow, and Obisa gets a red card because it's his second yellow. Sydney Obisa sent off. Here is the delivery into the penalty box. Anybody up for it? It's in the back of the net. They've got a goal. They've got the big score. It's incredible. That is quite extraordinary. Look at him coming up. He doesn't. And there you have it. It's game on. Patrice Nevers knows that this is not done and dusted. The fans from Gabon, the fans from Libreville, from Franceville. Ladies and gentlemen, we are going to penalties. Penalties will decide this first, last 16 clash of the Total Energies Africa Cup of Nations clash. Burkina Faso, are they going? Are they going? Are they going? Yes, they are! They're going through to the quarterfinals. Burkina Faso have done it. And what Dwayogo is the man. He came on as a sub and he will now walk proudly high away from this game knowing that he's a hero. Yes, that game between Burkina Faso and Gabon had all the drama. Mr. Kowa, what do you make of that Bertrand Tuare's penalty mix and that redemption goal? Well, for Bertrand Tuare, it was good to have it was good to have him in this game. Um, the Burkina base needed him, and and the, and you know, Afcon is a showcase of the best talent, and if you know, he's he's been one of the best. He's one of the best wide attackers. In, in Africa for some time with his versatility and his and his and his deadly left foot. Well, I mean the the penalty was a harsh call, but then you could tell that the justice prevailed by his miss. I believe that he did everything he did even before the run up. But then the finish there was a little bit of change in in the way he wanted to take the penalty because it looked like he was going low till the end of his run-up where he um he, he 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 came down a bit where he had to like hit the ball higher up and that was a bad miss. But then from for his goal against his goal in the first half to redeem himself, very great build up. Um lovely lovely and aggressive interception by the Burkina Bays, which which resulted into about Three passes, three passes to stretch Bruno Equile Manga, who is kind of old now, who is quite old now, the former Cardiff centre back, who is quite old now, and he isn't as fast as before. So then, it was it was a very good pass in his in his path where where you could tell that um, Bertrand Traoré has the pace advantage over him, and even prior to the goal, you could see that. The Gabonese keeper was a bit injured, so then you could tell that there was um, some uncertainty in him committing fully when that through ball was played through the um, Gabonese defense. And I, I mean, it was it was it was a great finish to me. I think it's one of the best team goals in the Afcon this year. So then it was a great finish from Bertrand Traoré. And definitely talking of team performances, do you think that red card to Gabon? helped the team to to get that late equalizer and do you think Burkina Faso were lucky to get 
to the knockout stages because some people believe that Burkina Faso had everything to finish the game off in regulation time. Well, I don't think Burkina Bay were unlucky at all. I think this win was well deserved if you if you if you follow that performance. Even even the expected goal count at the end of the game showed that the Burkina Bays had an ex- expected goal count of about two point six as compared to around zero point eight or zero point six for the Gabonese. And even and even for um, even if you have to break the ex- expected goals down a bit further, for every penalty, um, you get you create an expected goal number of our, around zero point seven five to zero point seven eight. So even um, even deducting that penalty, it 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 even shows it even shows um, the Burkina base outclassed the Gabonese in this game in terms of counter attacks, and and I think that. Um, for the for the for the game going to extra time, I think the the, the Burkina Bay's were the absolute cause of that. Um, because if they had finished their counter attacks for because there was a fifteen minute stretch in the second half where where they had about five counter attacks and they couldn't finish any of them. But then credit to the Gabonese goalkeeper who was mentioning almost all of them, making very good saves in in that stretch as well as making some. Um, good saves in the in the in the extra time. So then you can tell you can tell that it was um, for me it was a very deserved win from the Burkina Bays. And even though it went to penalties, the Burkina Bays were handed lifelines upon lifelines, and um, eventually they took advantage of one. So then for me it was a very great it's a very great win for the Burkina Bays. Played a, a very well played game by our 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 African West African neighbors. Definitely. And talking of a great play, Saturday, Burkina Faso will take on Tunisia in the first quarterfinal game. Tomorrow we have host nation playing Comoros and Guinea playing Gambia in the next round of 16 tie. Mr. Kowa, a quick Roundup of those two games and what to expect tomorrow for us to wrap up with the show. Um, well, it is it is it is quite simple for the Cameroonians. They have to come out and show out as host nations, and also they are they've. I'm I'm pretty sure they've kept an eye on proceedings on what happened to Nigeria. And even though the Comoros also come into this into this game with twelve COVID cases and without any goalkeeper, with their with their coach announcing that um, they have been training an outfield player in post for that game, you can you you can tell you can tell that they are really also suffering at the hands of uh, this 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 um, worrying COVID nineteen virus. So then, even even though even though they are they are um, the Com- the Comoros people uh, have all these obstacles, I think they are going to be they are going to be very very deadly as 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 a as a host nation and I'm sure they will hope to kill off the game as quickly as possible with Abubakar leading the line tomorrow. And also for the Gambia Guinea game, I don't know it can be anyone's game. The game is this this tournament has been very, very surprising. And for me I would I would I would be happy with any of those two teams going through tomorrow. Definitely. Those were the opinions of Mr Kowa.
It's been great. It's been exciting coming your way with today's episode of the FIFA World Cup show where we look at the ongoing African Cup of Nations last 16 games that began today. Until same time tomorrow, I leave you with the official theme song of the African Cup of Nations, We Stand for Africa.